0: What a privilege it is to be here tonight. What a worthy thing it is to honor such a great pastor and his wife, beautiful daughters. He said it was a phone call he didn't want to make. It was a phone call I really didn't want to take. <laughs> For all of you that came to hear Anthony Mangan tonight... I'm sorry. But I will say that it is a privilege. I couldn't say no because I love my friends. And what a privilege it is to honor Brother Calvin Gene. It's been said here tonight, and I echo the blessing that his preaching has been to the United Pentecostal Church and to Livingway Church in Condo in particular. Many Many times he has ministered to our church at our youth convention, three different anniversary services, I believe, including our 25th last year. And I've told many people very, very sincerely, Calvin Jean is one of my very favorite preachers. I mean that. If I had the choice to go listen to somebody preach, I'd just soon hear him preach I'd just soon hear him preach tonight, actually. (laughs) He and I go back, we go back more than 35 years ago. I was looking at some pictures out of the foyer. We were a lot skinnier back then, too. (laughs) But it's been a wonderful friendship. And he has such a sweet wife. I can think of no higher compliment to pay Sister Cheryl Jean than to say, she is a kindred spirit to my wife. There's, in my mind, there's nobody in the world quite like my wife. There's nobody that is just a pastor's wife like her. But I think about as close as I could ever see anybody to my wife, Sister Cheryl Jean. Her worship, her love for people, her love for God, her fierce love for God. And I want to say how much I appreciate your help. Calvin Jean wouldn't be here tonight <laughs> if it weren't for you. And to these beautiful girls, I will tell you this. If I had two more boys, I raised three. But if I had had two more, I'd be pushing them real hard this direction. That's how much I think of the two of you. And you've got a great family here leading this wonderful church. This weekend is, is honoring the genes for 25 years here, but it's a relationship. And I honor this church here tonight because you have gone out of your way to do exactly what the Lord would want you to do. And that's to honor a man of God and his family who have made this their life's work. And I commend you and I honor you. What a great church the Apostolic Church of Salem, Illinois is. Thank you so much for all of the hard work that's gone into making all of this happen. To all of our dear friends that are here tonight, I go back more than 35 years of Brother Tremble. Maybe 45. <laughs> we were little boys. I so enjoy hearing Brother Trimble. I'm not nearly as funny as Brother Trimble. I love Brother Trimble and his precious wife. Amen. Brother Linder, great words tonight. Brother Brent Coltharp, love you. What a great job you're doing in this district. He sent us one of the finest saints we have in all of our church. Precious lady moved from Chicago, church in Aurora, came to our church and we're never sending her home. That's not really a problem. We don't have snow and ice and all that sort of stuff in Texas. Although we are, you see, some folks fell and hurt themselves when this weekend came around. We've got a hurricane hitting us. But this got me out of town. I think I'd rather be here right now. Hurricane Harvey is bearing down on, on us at home. I'd appreciate a prayer to two. I'm supposed to be on a plane flying into the middle of that tomorrow afternoon, so pray for us. If you have your Bibles, I want to take you to the Word of the Lord tonight. Take you to a verse in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10, beginning in verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make The two trumpets of silver of a whole piece shalt thou make them that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you... Then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Brother Tremble, he will fight for you, and he will win. Amen. In verse 10, also in the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings. And over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. This is a 25th anniversary. 25th anniversaries are called silver anniversaries. It's beautiful, it is reminiscent of that faithfulness so beautifully spoken about. By Brother Coltharp, I would add to that the excellence with which the man he mentioned played the game is reminiscent of the excellence found in Brother and Sister Calvin Jean. They do show up every day, but they show up with excellence, and they do such a great job. And for a silver anniversary, I would preach to you from this subject tonight, the sound of the silver trumpets the sound of the silver trumpets. Could you lay your Bibles aside, lift your hands to the Lord, and ask God to speak to us in this place tonight. Lord, we're grateful to be in your house tonight, God, thankful for your presence, thankful for your spirit that's here, Lord. Thank you, God, for these precious people that we honor tonight, Lord. Thank you, God, for their faithful service, the excellent work that they have done for this tremendous church, Lord. Lord, for what you have put together here. God, I pray that the word would touch our hearts and bless us tonight, anoint every ear to hear. We'll thank you for it, Lord. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I would like to say that I brought my own amen corner tonight. I've got... Got my own little row right there with Lincoln and Grant and Avery, three of our nine grandchildren here with me and my beautiful wife. So glad to have my wife here. I had to come to St. Louis to see her. I haven't seen her in a week. When, when, when the grandbabies need Mimi, she's gone. That's just kind of how it works. But I'm glad to have them here is my amen corner tonight. Exodus chapter 19 says that it was the third month after leaving Egypt that the children of Israel arrived at the foot of Sinai. For the next 350 or so days, they would reside in this place. It would be as dramatic and incredible a time as perhaps any other in their history. God's personal visitation would be accompanied by thunderings and lightnings and the noise of a trumpet and a smoking mountain that appeared to be a furnace to them. After receiving the law and sealing it with a burnt offering and the sprinkling of blood, Moses took Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel up to see the Lord. Exodus chapter 24 says it this way. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also they saw God, and did eat and drink. Brother Darrell Weber, I would love to have been a part of that scene. I really don't know exactly what it is that they saw, but what an incredible visitation they had with the God of glory. If God allows us the privilege of seeing some things that were a part of history when we get to heaven, maybe if he can hit the rewind button and play a few things for us, I'd kind of like to go back and sit at that dinner table and see what that visitation must have been like. There were great promises from God And there were adamant affirmations from the people, but they were followed in short order with serious backsliding and blatant idolatry. The revelry around the golden calf quickly dissolved into licentiousness, so much so that the Bible says the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. This is really not my message, but can I pause for a moment to say that worshiping the wrong things will always cause you to lose your covering of God's protection and leave you exposed before your enemies. God help us not to get caught up in the worship of the world, not to get caught up in the worship of celebrities or sports figures or heroes of this world or things of this world because worshiping the wrong thing will always cause us to lose the protection that God has given us, leave us exposed before our enemies. They experienced the chastening of the Lord and his great mercy at not wiping them out. What a year. It was the end of this year that God gives Moses the instructions concerning the silver trumpets. He was to make two trumpets, each fastened fashioned from a solid piece of silver. These trumpets were to have very specific uses. They were to be blown to call leadership. They were to be blown to call the congregation. They were to be blown over sacrifices and burnt offerings. They were to be blown to go to war. And they were to be blown when it was time to move. The sound of the silver trumpets then was no uncommon thing in the camp of Israel. They were heard in every aspect of life. It was necessary for every Israelite to understand the difference in the various calls that were sounded so that they would know what to do. The sound of the silver trumpets were considered the voice of God. He would even say in our text, and they shall be to you for an ordinance Forever throughout your generations. I believe the silver trumpets. Are a beautiful type. Of the preaching. Of the word of God. What a beautiful gift God has given. The apostolic church of Salem. In the preacher. That has been given to this church. Silver is a word that is used to describe things that are beautiful and smooth. Everybody has heard of the silver-tongued orator. But he's called such because he is eloquent and persuasive. And so you have here in this church a man of God who is able to speak in ways that are both eloquent and persuasive. He is, in fact, a silver-tongued orator. Orator, He is a man of God that preaches the Word of God. It seems a wonderful fit for a type of the preaching of the Word of God since the psalmist would compare the Word to silver refined in the fire seven times. The trumpet was quiet until a man's breath was lent to it and then it became the guiding force in the life of the children of Israel. Paul said it this way to the Romans. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Can I tell you, you're not gonna make it without the preaching of the word of God. The reason that you're in this place on a Friday night and not sitting on a bar stool somewhere is because there was a preacher, there was a man of God who was not afraid to declare it as it ought to be declared, who was not afraid to preach it as it ought to be preached. And because of that, you sit here tonight. Because of that, your hands are lifted to a God Almighty who fought on your side and won. Because a man of God would preach the Word of God. You sit here tonight. He wasn't called to be your best bud. He wasn't called to be your hunting and fishing partner. He wasn't called to be your golf competitor. He wasn't called to be your camp out cook. He might be able to do all those things at one time or another. In fact, I've done almost all of those things with him. But he was called to preach. And more specifically, he was called to preach to you. He may preach all over the country and all over the world. But really, his calling is to Salem, Illinois. His calling is to the apostolic church. And you're blessed to have a man of God who said, God, I'll hear the call. And I'll heed the call. And I'll bury myself right there until I see something grow up strong in you. When he lends his breath to the word of God, it becomes a guiding force in your life. The trumpet that was given by God for them to build was of one piece. There were no valves in this trumpet. This trumpet could only be played in the harmonic scale. And the harmonic scale only has five notes. I don't know if this is what it means, but humor me for a moment. J-E-S-U-S. If you're going to preach the silver trumpet of the word of God, you're going to preach about Jesus Christ. You're not going to preach about having a better life right now as some way for you to get better and have all the stuff. You're going to preach about Jesus Christ who came to give himself away. You can find Jesus Christ to preach about from Genesis to Revelation, but it's only going to be the message of Jesus Christ that is going to save you. And the preaching of the Word of God is always going to center around Jesus Christ. So when you can only play in the harmonic scale, That means everything that's preached that is truth will be in harmony. You can't play in a minor key. You can't make up your own tone and be off key with everybody else. Hear me when I tell you, if you hear something that sounds out of tune with what your pastor has preached, that's probably not the voice of the silver trumpet. If you hear something that's in a different key and doesn't line up with what you've heard from the man of God in this pulpit, you need to turn that off and say, that's not the voice for me to listen to because this man of God is called here to preach the word of God and everything that's true and everything that's right will be in harmony with what you heard preached in this pulpit from this man of God. You have a man of God that's faithful. You have a man of God that's looking out for you. You have a man of God that loves you. And he's not going to put somebody in this pulpit that's not playing the same harmonic scale. Aren't you glad to have that confidence that when your pastor puts somebody in this pulpit, you can jump up and say amen when they preach it because they're preaching on the same scale that your pastor preaches on. It's going to harmonize with what he preached. Preaching should be considered the mouthpiece of God. Isaiah would say it this way, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. You see, preaching is for leadership and congregation alike. I'm a preacher. We just celebrated 25 years in Conroe, Texas. Started our church there in our living room with my wife and our three sons. It's been a long journey. It's been a neat journey. And the, and the genes have blessed our church on a number of occasions with their ministry there. But I'm going to tell you something. Preachers need to be preached to as well. Preaching is not just for saints. That's why it tells us here. That's why this is such a wonderful type. Because it was to be blown for leadership and congregation alike. That's why I go places sometimes so I can be preached to because I need preaching as well. I'm not exempt from needing to hear the voice of God through the man of God just because I'm called to preach. We're all really saints in this thing. We're all really children of God. And every one of us, leadership and congregation alike, need the preaching of the word of God. We've got to have it. Let me bring it down a little closer to home. There's leadership in this church as well. Your pastor has entrusted some of you with positions of leadership that are examples to those around them. I find it very interesting that when the call for leadership was to be made, they didn't use both trumpets, they just used one. You're gonna hear two louder, but if you just use one, it's not gonna be quite as loud. That would mean then that those in leadership would need to be closest to more attuned to, more sensitive to the voice of God in their life. Can I tell you that if your pastor has entrusted you with a position of leadership in this church, you need to stay close to the man of God. You need to stay close to the voice of God. You need to be sensitive to the word of God when it's being preached. That's not just for somebody else on the other side of the church, but when pastor's preaching, I want to be listening because I want to be hearing it before everybody else hears it. I want to be sensitive to it before everybody else is sensitive to it. I want to be listening to the man of God. Preach the word of God. Preaching is for leadership and congregation alike. That sound of the silver trumpet was something they should listen closely for. That sound of the silver trumpet, preaching, should precede sacrifices and burnt offerings. You see, repentance should follow preaching. You made the sound and then the sin offering was made. If we're not having conviction in the house of God, we're doing something wrong. I hope you never get away from feeling conviction in the house of God. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. We're not a condemnation church, but we are a conviction church. The very first message of the church on the very first day of the church by the very first apostolic preacher resulted in conviction. But the difference between conviction and condemnation is that condemnation says there is no hope, it's finished, and you don't have a chance. Jesus himself said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to say it's over. He didn't come to say, that's it, you're done. He came to say, there's hope. There's hope. I said there's hope. Condemnation says there's no hope and it's over. But conviction says, I know I feel bad for the sin I did. But if I can find my way to an altar, if I can get down on my knees and ask God, He is faithful and just to forgive my sin that's why we need conviction every time we come to the house of God if there's a sinner in the house they shouldn't feel comfortable after the preaching they ought to feel conviction but they ought to know there's hope down there at an altar get me down there to the front let somebody lay hands on me and pray God can save me anyway give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now thank you Lord thank you Lord Conviction offers us hope for a sinful past. Some people confuse condemnation and conviction. But God help us to always have conviction. I want to I love sinners when they come in the door. I want to love them more than anybody else in town. But when the preaching is finished, when the silver trumpet has been played, there's a sin offer that needs to be made. And God will accept that. And sin can be removed. We've got to have preaching that precedes the sin offering. Praise should follow preaching. That sound of the silver trumpet should go forth, the preaching of the word of God. And praise ought to follow that because there were some offerings that belonged to God. The psalmist said it this way, All oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. You ought to come into this house ready to praise God. When the preaching of the Lord goes forth and it's talking about the praises of God, you ought to be the first one on your feet. God has done more for you than you could ever praise Him enough for. You ought to praise Him in the house of God. Praise Him in the assembly. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise Him among the multitude. Can I just say something for a minute? This is a little candy stick. They hear me say this at home. There's one verse in the Bible and and maybe the only one that tells us to clap our hands to the Lord. And, and, And it can be considered praise. There's some other verses, probably more verses that talk about it as an act of derision or making fun or mockery. But in fact, there are hundreds more verses that talk about praising God with your mouth. I think we've reached a point in our generation when there's been a transition in the church to where hand clapping is almost a response that we can make without engaging our brains. And we've gotten to the point where when we're on the platform and we're singing a special song or we're doing anything, it's as if We expect the applause And if we don't get it Something must have been wrong When I sing for the Lord I'm not looking for praise for me Something's wrong If you haven't wanted to praise God When I got through singing That's why you saw the response you did When the Trembles sang It wasn't about a hand clap For the great job they did And they did a great job But they pointed you to Jesus Christ And you wanted to praise Him. And you wanted to magnify Him. Can I tell you, you can do this all day long and be thinking about what you're going to eat after service is over and what you're going to be doing Monday morning and what happened on the ball field on the weekend. You can be thinking about your tea time next week while you're doing this. But if you're going to get your mouth engaged to praise God, you're going to have to lay all that aside. The only way this is going to make any sense is for you to engage your brain. (laughs) But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. (laughs) My soul cries out hallelujah. Praise God. For saving me. You want to really praise him. Get your mouth involved. You want to really praise him. Get your brain involved. Start thinking about where he brought you from. Start thinking about how he saved you. Start thinking about how he healed you. Oh praise the Lord. All ye nations. Praise him all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with a timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him on the loud cymbals. Praise Him on the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Come on somebody, praise Him right now. Come on somebody, open your mouth and tell Him God, you've been good. God, you've been good. Hallelujah. Oh, I think we need to take a little moment more right there. Go ahead and praise him. Lord, I love you. I magnify you. I give you glory, Lord. Thank you, God, you've been so good to me. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet spirit in my life. That sound of the silver trumpet, that preaching of the word of God should be followed by thanksgiving. You see, there were offerings then that were an expression of of gratitude for god's mercy everybody say mercy Mercy. and blessings sometimes that's a little different than our praise sometimes that goes beyond our praise when we start thinking about where he brought us from paul said it this way to the corinthian church know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of god Be not deceived; neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were, everybody say were, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but. Ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Oh, what mercy God showed to us to bring us in when we didn't deserve it at all. I think sometimes we get to thinking that the reason we're in the church and the reasons God, God is using us and the reasons we're involved in leadership is because he really didn't know us before we got in. And we've just put on a good face now. And he didn't know what we used to be like. Oh no. No, you, you listen to me right now. God's on top of the mountain with Moses. And he is telling Moses... Here's what Aaron's garment is going to be made like. He's calling Aaron's name. He is calling Aaron's name and saying, here's what he's going to wear, and here's what he's going to wear it to do, and here's how he's going to serve me. And while Aaron is down at the bottom of the mountain fashioning a golden calf, And having the people dance around it and say, this is what brought us out of Egypt. And and they were naked and we talked about that a moment ago. While Aaron is down there, God is on top of the mountain telling Moses, Aaron's garment is going to be made like this. And Aaron's garment, some of you were out there high as a kite when God was saying, I've got a robe of ministry for them. And he saw you where you were and he knew what you were and he still said, I've got a place of service for them in the house of God. I've got a place for them, that one right there that's on the bar stool, that one right there that's fornicating right now, that one right there that's got their life all messed up. It wasn't because God didn't know you, it was because he knew you. (laughs) Oh my You talk about the mercy of God. Aaron should have died, but God's mercy said no. Aaron should have died, but God's mercy said no. Some of you sitting here tonight should have been dead, but the mercy of God said no. And here you are in the house of God, praising Him, hearing the Word of God preached and remembering where He brought you from. Oh, there's some thanksgiving that ought to well up in us when the preaching of the word goes forth and we remember where he brought us from and where we were when we heard the call of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that mercy, Lord. I didn't deserve it, God. I didn't deserve it, but I want to thank you for it, Lord. I didn't deserve it, but God... I'm so grateful. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. I can't go on right now. Close your eyes right now. Somebody, somebody just needs to have a little flashback right now. Somebody just needs to remember where it was God brought you from and realize where you're sitting tonight and what God has used you to do since. My God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord for your mercy. I thank you, Lord for your grace. I thank you, Lord for bringing us a long, long way. Thank you, Jesus. He cut out of There's a move of the Holy Ghost here right now, church. Kadara ba ha shakondo ya kadara ba ya ila kadara ba si kada ra ba ya akara ba ha si ila kadara ba ya. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Preaching, that sound of the silver trumpet should sound the alarm for battle. We're in a war against sin and ungodliness. And if we lose this war, the enemy loots our home and takes our women and children. I want to challenge the men here for just a moment. Hear me, men. You need to be the warrior in your household. I don't want to rush past this moment right here. But when the trumpet was blown for battle amongst the children of Israel, the men in the tent didn't say, Honey, they're calling you to the battlefield. I think that sound was for you, dear. I think that was you they need out there. There's an enemy that's coming to attack and they need you out there right now. Does anybody in here think that's what happened? No. He said, y'all get inside the tent, y'all stay right here. I'm going out there and I will be back. Strong enough to go out and to come back in. Men, let me challenge you. There's a spiritual battle that we're in right now. It's a war. There's a sound going forth. You hear the man of God preach and he declares the battle is here and it's time to enjoin the enemy. It's not for you to sit back and wait on your wife to show up for a prayer meeting. It's not for you to sit back and wait on your wife to get involved in a three-day fast. It's not for you to sit back and wait on your wife to take the kids to the youth service. But man, you need to stand up in your house. Be the man of God in your house. Be the warrior in your house. When the battle is enjoined, you be the man on the forefront. Now, I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it at home. And you can do whatever you want to right here. But if somebody's going to get up and shout, if somebody's going to run the aisles, ladies, you can shout and run the aisles all you want to. I'm not holding any of you back. But I'm just challenging some men right now. Will you allow me to do that? If somebody's going to lead the way, if the young people need to see somebody worshiping God, it ought to be a man that stands up and shows them how to worship God. We've got some young boys growing up that need to see a man that's strong and a man that's tough, a manly man, stand up with tears running down his face and his hands lifted and surrender to God, giving God everything that he's got. Come on, men. Stand up and take the challenge. There's a battle to be enjoyed. There's a war to fight. It's time for the man to stand up and fight. This isn't a virtual reality video game that you can play over again if you lose. This is life and death. This is about eternity. 1 Corinthians 14 and 8 says it this way, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? You don't have to worry about an uncertain sound at the Apostolic Church of Salem. You don't have to worry about whether or not that was a sound to battle. You have a man that is eloquent. You have a man that is persuasive. You have the silver-tongued orator right here in this place. You just need to hear the sound and stand up, strap your sword on, get your shield of faith, and be ready to enjoin the enemy. There's a sound that goes forth when it's time to go to battle. But the text that speaks of that also says that the blowing of the trumpets caused them to be remembered before the Lord and he would save them. There's something about that preaching that remembers us before the Lord. I'm gonna tell you what the enemy hates hearing more than anything else is when the man of God starts preaching about the promises of God. Because it reminds God of what he promised to his people. And it reminds his people of the promise keeper. The children of God are undefeatable when they'll hear the voice of the man of God call them to battle. And he starts preaching about a God that'll never leave you and a God that'll never forsake you. A God that'll be there to the very end. A God who said, I'm always going to win. A God who said, I am for you. I don't care what kind of enemy comes against you, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. When the man of God begins to preach about the promises of God, God will show up and God will win. (laughs) Preaching should indicate the sound of the silver trumpet was to indicate direction and movement. You see, God has sent words to us time and again that move us. The cloud, the spirit would begin to move. The silver trumpet would be picked up and be sounded and the movement would go to follow the spirit. Understand this, that the movement was always toward the promised land and never back to Egypt. You can be confident that the man of God that God has put at the Apostolic Church of Salem is going to preach to you in a way, is going to sound the trumpet in a way that he's going to keep you moving toward the promised land and never going to take you back to Egypt we're not going back to that place of bondage. We're not going back to that place of defeat. We're not going back to that place where the enemy had a stranglehold on us. But God is our helper and God is our keeper. And if we'll listen to the sound of the silver trumpet, we'll keep moving in the right direction. We'll keep heading toward that promised land. Can I tell you that Direction is way more important than speed. Way more important than speed. You can be the fastest thing in the world, but if you're going the wrong direction, you need to be headed toward the promised land. The only way to do that is to keep your ear tuned to the sound of the silver trumpet. Because when the trumpet blows... It tells you it's time to move. You better move. Because here's what happens. When the trumpet blows and they move, the manna falls the next day where they're camped that day. It doesn't fall where they used to be. The rock that's pouring water out that keeps them all hydrated and all their their animals hydrated is, is with them where the Spirit led them. It's not back there where they used to be. Maybe if you're feeling like you're in a dry place and you're feeling real hungry, maybe it's because you haven't been listening to the sound of the silver trumpet and you've missed the journey and you need to catch up because I will tell you, if you stay with a man of God, God's going to make sure you're fed. And if you stay with a man of God, God is going to make sure that you've got plenty to drink. If you stay with a man of God, God is going to make sure you're going to live till you get there. When the Spirit speaks and the man of God sounds the call, it's time to move. That's why it's so encouraging to hear tonight the accolades given. For the things that have been added here and the things that have been built here and the things that have gone on here that's caught the eye of the city and those around that are giving honor to the genes tonight because they've had a vision and they've heard the voice of God and they've led you forward. And if the Lord tarries, there's more to come. But the only way you're going to be there when it happens is if you're listening to the sound of the silver trumpet and when the Spirit speaks and the man of God calls, you step out and start moving you got to listen for the sound of the silver trumpet. I want our musicians to come. I want to ask you to stand with me. You see, there's a blessing of being accustomed to the sound of the silver trumpet. When you're used to the sound of the silver trumpet, when it's a common thing in your life, when it's what's guiding you, when it's what's leading you, when it's what's moving you, when it's what's touching you, when you're accustomed to that sound in your life, then the word says this, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The only way you're going to hear that trumpet is if you've been listening to this trumpet. The only way you're going to know that that trumpet even made a sound is if you're used to the sound of the silver trumpet already in your life. You've been hearing the word of God from the man of God. He lent his breath to it and it became a guiding force in your life. And now you're at that place and that trumpet sounds. You're a part of that great cloud that goes up to meet him in the air. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up. The only way I'm ready to get up is if I've been listening that silver trumpet. Every time it was time to offer another offering. Every time it was time to move. Every time it was a time for a call of leadership. Every time it was a time to thank God for His mercy. Every time there was an enemy on the front and we had to stand in battle. In every aspect of our lives we need the preaching of the Word of God. You've got the man of God here to do that I know you're going to honor the genes in many other ways but allow me tonight if you would, I want them to come I want you to come all four of you, I want y'all to stand right across the front right here what a beautiful family Brother Calvin, Sister Cheryl Chelsea, Shayla what a a beautiful family God God Put y'all together. Can I say y'all? That's a Texas word, isn't it? God put y'all together. God arranged all of this. God gave you a silver trumpet. Plays that harmonic scale so beautifully. Sounds the sound just right when the Spirit begins to move. Gives you direction when you need. You're blessed. You're blessed with this family. I want us to take a moment here tonight. We're going we're to pray a prayer of blessing on them, but, but we're going to do it together because you see, this, this weekend is about more than just the genes. It's about you too. Because without you, there wouldn't be a 25th anniversary to celebrate. And so allow me to do it this way. If you're in leadership here in this church, if you've been entrusted with a position here, and I don't know who's who, so you're just gonna have to help me out here. If you're a board member, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're involved, if you're in a position of leadership in any way, I want you to come first, and I want you to gather around them. I want you to be the closest to them. Because leadership gets called with one trumpet. They need to be the closest to we're not playing favorites here This is we're all in this thing together y'all come on, you can gather around get up close get up close, I want you close enough where you can reach out and touch them when we start praying now if you're a saint of God that's a member of this wonderful local assembly if you're a member here or you just kind of call this your church home if you claim this as your church and you look to this man as your pastor I want you to come. And I want you to gather around these leaders. Come on, y'all. Squeeze in up here in the front. Get real close to them. Because when we pray, I want us to lift our voices to God together. Come on, we're uniting right now. There's a unity in this celebration. You don't stay together for 25 years if there's not some unity. The blessing of God on them. I want you to get close. Scoot up close to these that are already here. Just form a chain. You leaders that are already here, close. Reach out and put your hand on The nearest one you can touch. If you're behind them, you reach out and touch somebody in front of you. I want you to make it a continuous chain. And I want you to lift your voice to God. And I want you to pray a blessing. A prayer of blessing on the genes right now. God.